There, what? No, I'll just do the video. Okay. Okay, you have the backup? Just make sure it's on track. Not that you ever make mistakes. But, uh. Okay, we began this tshuva last night, one of two more that we have to see, a very fascinating overview and many insights into mm-hmm. the Lashinus, Lashinam, and Shemaisam. And we will go one at a time, even though, as I mentioned, they're intertwined. Amesha last night said that if his mother's name was Gittel, you should use Gittel. And the fact that it's of non-Jewish origin is no shaykhs because this is the name that was in the family, the original people that did it. Maybe they were screaming about it. Maybe they had tainas, but it's been there for many, many generations, and it's not the covered not to use it. And therefore, we should use it. And he had a slight issue. Nebuch, she uh, was Nifter, Nifter is young. So he should drop one name. The Drezel, uh, I don't remember if that was after Shia or before, but a fine member of our shir has many relatives by the name of Drezel, so we don't know why Ramesha wasn't familiar with it, but uh, Ramesha seems to insinuate it was Drezel with a, he doesn't know where the dollar came from, but... Nanwaragunas. Uh, Nanwaragunas, yeah, none, none had gitten either, it's good. Mamesha Skula, maybe we should start using the name. Uh, so, just an interesting historical footnote. Lamaisa Ramesha said, use a different name, he picked Chana, and it was Chana Gittel or Gittel Chana. But Ramesha's point was that this wouldn't be in violation of Lashinu as Lashina as Shalaisam uh, anyway. Now Maisha is going to go on to discuss other historical facts. I say facts because in the next Shuva, someone's going to try to argue. Maisha says he can't argue in the Matthias, which he rarely says in the Shuva. Uh, the historical fact is the next one is that the Wahilagama Raim, who had Aramaic names, not biblical Lashna Kedesh, Tanakh type of names, and doesn't fully explain why he alludes to the fact that Aramis is a close cousin to Lashna Kedish. That doesn't fully explain why they would use that as opposed to Lashna Kedish. We're not going to explore that now. We will get to that in due time. Let's start paragraph number three in page two in front of you, Kuftez Zayim. We have scores and scores of names. Maybe Aramis is very close to Lashon HaKadosh. Kedisa, you shall me say to Paragzayin Lachabez, Lote Lashon Arami Kalabanecha, the Gemara Worms, don't uh, make light of Lashon Aramis. Sharei Hunimsa, and they quote Pesukim for all of these. The Torah will be Nevi'im, will be Ksuvim. So it's not only the Lashon that the Gemara was written in, which is also very Chashiv. Gam Ikar Gemara the Bavli Yishalmi, slightly different dialect, but still Aramis. Who Baramis Tagamukulus? Who Baramis Vakadish? Who Baramis? They did that because the poor Yisraelim had to say Kadish who didn't know how to learn, only knew Aramis anyway. But most of the population only only knew Aramis, certainly in, in Bavel. Shulchanu lai gam hashemus adifi. So maybe they had a mile in these shemus, and it's not such a kasha. But Ramesha, as he's about to explain now, feels it's not such a kasha in the first place. Skip down to the next paragraph, and here's where he actually spells out what I mentioned to you outside <coughs> last night and last week. He thinks the following chilig is in order. The Golis Mitzrayim, the great Shvach that everybody quotes, Shloshinu Eshemaisam, along with Malbushim and Lashainam, Shahu Lakaidam Matan He says that was only needed and required before Matan because they didn't have mitzvahs yet. They had Zion mitzvahs, and even that they were struggling with the Vodazar, but there was nothing that would make it 
a hecker, make a nicker that they're yidden in a separate nation. Shall I a hecker? God will feel key and mitzvahs b'neinayah. Whatever they kept, the guy was supposed to be keeping them also. Maybe they kept more. They probably did keep more. It wasn't that nicker. Befrat shachel gadol miyisrael, and he mentions the avodazar issue, and surprisingly, a milu issue, which we'll get to. Of dugamkem avodazar ruban lamalu is b'neiyan. Fascinating. Meishah says we know in the midbar they did mitzvahs dangerous, except for shevet levi. Meishah says most of them clearly did not do milu. And, and there are various Majoshim that say this, but he points it out that the Shvach of Shevet Levi was that, was that they not only kept it in the Midbar, they also kept it the entire time through the Golas Mitzrayim, which he now is going to mention. Ruben, Lamolos, Benayim, Atzamach, Lagula. Of course, they all did Mila right before Karben Pesach, because you can't bring Karben Pesach without a Mila, and they brought Karben Pesach the night before the Gula. Yeshua was the head of the campaign for Bismillah, both before the left Mitzrayim and later on at the end of the 40 Shana. Mashma Sheyaroiv Godol. It would sound like it was most of the people. Levad Sheva Levi. Shehem Molos Benayim to the Siv. Ubrischa Yinsaru Babrichas Mesha. Asha Pirish Rashi over there on Brischa Yinsaru Alelish and Old Bamidbar. That even though it was dangerous, but they had a higher Adrega and Yolada do something which might be an element of danger if it's a question of being on that madrega, if it's an immediate sakana not so. Didn't have the ruach blowing to heal them, and it wasn't as poshut. Lamaisa wasn't suicidal either, and Levi was on the madrega to do it. So Sheva Levi kept it, sounds like most of the people were not. So they knew they had a problem. They wanted to leave, and they wanted to leave as Klayasol. To keep Klayasol together, it had to be Nikah, there was a Klayasol, and it had to be a cohesive binding agent that kept them going as Klayasol. Ratsu, Shiyuni, Karin, Shem Yisrael, which became a problem anyway, they, as we spoke about. They felt to Memte Shari Tuma, they got out just in the nick of time, and the Zayar Kaddish, which we mentioned recently in Shir, uh, records the question that Tamidim were afraid to ask Rabbi Shem Bayechai, because the question sounds a little out of balance. And they asked the Rebbe, we have a question, bothering us, should we ask it? And we're afraid to ask. He said, no, you have to ask. And we'll, we'll deal with it. We have a Rebbe like Rabbi Shem Bayechai is going to have the answer anyway. So he, they asked, why is it that we constantly thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shman Esrei, and Kiddush, and Pesach, Shuvus, and Sukkis, for taking us out of Mitzrayim? It's a major, central Yisoyim. The question was, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent us in as a Gezeir and promised Adam Avinu that he's going to send us in and take us out, so he sent us in and he took us out. So why should we have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu all the time for that? Now you understand why they want to ask that question? So Shem Baichai said, the answer is startling. He said, no, it's good you asked. The answer is the promise is to take out Klai Yisrael. And at that point, the Kamat didn't look like Klai Yisrael. There was no promise had they fell, had they continued falling to Nun Sharitun, they stayed for 400 years, there would have been nothing to take out. So Hashem's chesed is he took them at the midway point, uh, about 210 out of 400, and that there's something still nicker, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch did a chesed and hasten the gula, which it sort of says in the Agada. Hashem hasten the gula. It doesn't say why. Hashem Rechai says that's why. You see over here, they were trying the hardest for a couple of years to stay nicker, and this Loshinu with Loshinu Malbushim and Shemaisam helped to at least get them there. And even that wasn't enough. That's how dangerous it was. So, um, for a different discussion, but I... I Always wondered why the kasha was a kasha. Hashem Bechai held it was a good kasha. If somebody uh, saves you, if I promise to give you a million dollars, 
Did I give you a million dollars? You don't have to thank me because I, I promise to give you money. You just uh, you fulfilled your promise. Well, it's all different. All different. He's here. You put them into slavery. With a million dollars and you take I took it. Yes. Okay. True. True. But the, but part of the hundred percent. But part of the bittachin is they had to have been assuming that there's a reason why they had to go through Golos Mitzrayim, and there were many reasons. To separate the dross and to purify Klai Israel as a part. They assume there's a good reason that in order to succeed as Klai Israel, you need to go through this first. So if I take away a million dollars because you have a gambling habit, not you, and then I say, look, as soon as you um, get over the habit, come to me in five years, I'll give it all back to you, and then I give it back to you, and you're going to say, well, why should I thank you? You're getting back my own million dollars. Well, I, I took it away from you so you shouldn't lose it, and then I give it back to you. But why does it become a, a central, such a crucial resource? Because I, I, I helped you in both directions. Shimbachai doesn't say that. Doesn't answer that. Help you in both directions. I, I, I put you through that matzah for your own good, and I took you out. At, you're saying, then what if I think I took you out? It had to be built in. Okay. Shimbachai does address that. He says that the promise wasn't on that. It's still a chiddush. L'chayra, Baruch Hu, putting him through the matzah, there had to be somebody to take out also. And that was part of the promise that Hashem would ensure that. The answer, Moshe Mechaz is swimming, is they had Mechira. And it wasn't supposed to work that way. And they were supposed to survive 400 years by Boshinu, Shainam, and Shemazim. And because of their kukul, they didn't do that. And that was the extra chesed. That's apparently what the answer is. And the whole Zaire is, is, needs a lot more uh, Hezber. But Lamaisa, this is an important tool. And they realize this intuitively that there's so little between them and getting lost completely, they needed to put these things into effect, and it worked, and uh, they were praised for it. Ratsu, first of all, Yigalu. Ratsu, she in a karm, shang Yisrael, and Higu, lahakbesh, leishana, leshamam, leishana, leshana, mitam, zeshaya, zelagula, mishum, shushil, amunasagula, pidol, zeava, acha, matan, teira. So it was very important, and it did the trick, and it was Kabal, they're going to save Klai Yisrael, but after matan, teira, what makes us Klai Yisrael, Tayag Mitzvah? Acha, matan, teira, ain lanochiya, medina, and it says nowhere in Tayag Mitzvah. And there's no Rabbanon, and no Takans Moshe Benu, or anybody else that Moshe knows of that made this a din. It doesn't say anywhere besides this measure. It's not like there's another measure that says, and the godless of Klai Yisrael, they kept through the Deri Their truth is that say this, that disagree with Moshe's point here. And they say, no, the measure says it, and didn't say anything about only being called the Mount Terra, and this is a tremendous Indian. Definitely, the Marshik certainly holds like that. Amisha uh, says we have a measure cut in the measure is telling you that when you're up against uh, assimilation, you have to think of sometimes the harasha. That was the harasha to save them. So you say, why would it be a good harasha to save us later on, like now? So Amisha holds the giving Gaisha name is a double maguna. He just wants to state clearly that you can't say it's Medina. That's his. That's his point. Gamlo the tricky lashon here is gamlo minyan is here is a musar. Because Ramesha, in a later tshuva, date-wise, chronologically, he keeps calling it a Dover Maguna. And here, it sounds like it's not only is it not a Dindaris, it's not a Dindarabonon, it sounds like it's not even Yanni, it's a I don't know exactly how to put that together. Lamasha, Savino, Atayag, Mitzvah, Lederis, and Mitzvah, Shastav, Lashom. We have Mitzvah, Lederis, we have Mitzvah, Lashom, we have Roshok, Sichon, Ember, Beterish, Balpeh, we have Terish, Balpeh, it's not in any of them now. Lachain, Lagpidu, Al Zerabasenu. And therefore, we have Amaraim, and we have Rabbeinu Vidal, the Magamishnah, we have many others who weren't Makbid. Again, even though the Amaram had Aramis, which is closer. Da'afinyan, Ezir, Samosamayla, Nami, Nemer, Messina, Embrish, Perki, Alvis, Barav, Veloya, Zebek, Kabbalah, Shekain, Ika, Maila, Achidish. He says, I. Doesn't, we don't have any Messiah that it's even a Milo. 
needed for that time. You could argue maybe he's needed now also, but that might depend on the Tkufa. ends up. I think this last line is going on the Chiddush, it's not even a Maila. I'm afraid to say it's not even a Maila without big Raya's. That would explain at least why Ramesha in later Chuvas, he has many Chuvas on this, keeps calling it a Dabra Maguna. Even though according to this, he, he just said it's not even a Zahirus, it's not even a Musr. So why is he calling it a Dabra Maguna? Maybe he holds that for the same reason they did it then, now we're in a point in Gullus with Askal and everything that we needed, and that's not a time to, to change it. But he said, historically, it's clear throughout the Darius, there were Tkufas, they had Aramis, which is closer, the Tkufas they took from Spanish for the women's name, they suddenly took, and Ramesha will expand on this in the next Shuva. So, and yet he's still going to call it a Dover Maguna, which means, again, according to the way I'm reading this, uh, in our situation in Gullahs, we need all the help we can get. That seems to be what is getting at. Let's see the next Shuva, and we'll see what I mean in the page one of your Shuva, which is page of Zion in the Shuva. Simon Yu in the bottom, just look at, look at the second subtitle, in Aleph. Mashavadai ain't Isser, Bekriya's Banam Abanus. Again, he says, ain't Isser. He's going to go back to his point that they can't be an Isra, they wouldn't have done it. Go to the second paragraph. In the first paragraph, he has an interesting discussion on names that were used that clearly were either Spanish or French origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about the form, uh, Benvenisti became a very, very famous Spanish name. He has Bibanat, uh, I'm probably not pronouncing it right. He has Vidal again, he goes back to the Makkad Mishnah. And he picks up on this in the second paragraph. Avol. So we see the second paragraph in the second column. Avol. Af im neymo. Shashem yesh leperish kavana. We discussed in the first paragraph. I just skipped it because it got technical. The shawl here was tiny that those names were better because it, it meant chayim and they just used chayim in Spanish. So I'm actually correct them. It's not in Spanish. It's the French. He has a discussion there where it's from. But his point, which we're getting to in paragraph number two, is even if it means chayim, why use Vidal if you can use chayim? Why use the translation of it if you can use the original? Unless there's no way, sir, and they were living in their host countries and became popular, either for not great reasons, for being wanted to be closer to the Goyim or not wanting to stick out, which is natural, but not fantastic. <laughs> and he repeats again, even if they screamed about it, but once it got to the system, it was accepted, therefore you have to name the kid after your parents and grandparents because that's what covered it for all your generations. Yes? Right, so we so, so Amosha keeps adding Afsha Safhu, even though they screamed about it. So why would you want to name a kid and have all the Rabbanim scream at you for doing a Dava Maguna, which even Amosha, who's the slight makel here, is says is a Dava Maguna. So Amosha says, even though Okay, so he's gonna you'll, you'll you'll read it with me, you'll see you'll see what he means. But he clearly in the last Shuva came on the side of Gittel, he says, Your mother's name is Gittel, use it. Don't start up. Ah, it doesn't be now the good news is it became a Jewish name. Shprinza, I think, means beautiful. Somebody can look it up. Spanish. Whatever it meant, what but it's a Spanish name. So Ramesha first is trying to again bring Raya's. It can't be Usr. You don't want to be Matsilaz on everything that was done for many generations, unless you have to. And you don't have to over here because he holds not Usr. 
the Ma'am Shik is the one who basically says it's Aser, but most Achreinim, I think, agree, make her a din. It's hard to say it's Aser. Shaila's has strong a stance. Even Ramesha, who's trying to put forth that it can't be Aser, keeps saying the word, top line, but we have this paragraph I just skipped on the second column. The word, he says, Maguna ve'en Aser. He says Maguna. Uh, and then the, he's talking about what it means, Chayim, uh, what, what, this language, French and Spanish, go to the second paragraph. He says, why does that help? It's still with a Gaisha name. So what if it happens to match our Chayim? That's not going to do anything. He says, Malachim don't like other languages. Uh, Shiloh, they don't like Aramis, Tafka, other languages, all languages. Why not use Lashon HaKadosh? Lo, Bivant, whatever this name was, Ben Venist, uh, Vidal, why? Why use it? He says, the answer is, is that they were in Gullis, they started using his name. Was it pure assimilationist activity, or was it just they were doing business, they felt uncomfortable, they made, whatever the reason is, it, it sunk in because that's the language they spoke. Uh, why give more... Sidious uh, reasons, if you can give less, to a Pabiyesh which I'll allude to at the end. He said, the first thing you have to understand, that's why from the historical perspective, this is fascinating, is it affects the halacha nashkaf over here. Amesha is now going to go on to prove, he says, they spoke the language of the country. Uh, when we get to the, the contrast, it's going to be incredible. When we get to the Divra Yasef, which is the next one, the Kozum Begarebe, and the Chassidish Shachuvah is on it. Satmarov has a lot in his farm on keeping Yiddish going and speaking Yiddish and not speaking the Svasa Medina. Everybody agrees. It's a Maila. If it's another hedge against assimilation, it's a Maila. Ramesha's not disagreeing with that. Ramesha himself didn't speak. Ramesha was uh, extremely gifted, like an Ilu Shebiluyim. He, he could have picked up English very well, and he probably did. Anybody spoke to Ramesha, he didn't speak English. Badafka. <laughs> yeah, did not speak English. He, he could have, he, he didn't. <clears throat> why not? He's going to now, after you read this, you're really going to ask why not. He clearly proves historically, even Tamir Khamen spoke the host. Language, by and large. But he didn't, when you spoke to him, I mean, if you met a Russian, he would speak Russian? Probably, Probably he would speak Yiddish if you knew Yiddish. He want to make you feel uncomfortable. He also knew English. Famous mice uh, he had in the elevator when he met Guy in the elevator. He'd say, good morning. He would say, how do you feel? He knew. He knew what he wanted to know when he wanted to speak. But, quite uh, historically, did you have, was it just the Hamanam that was doing that? Or was it the Hamanam? So the argument is not really, does Yiddish have a maila? The shaili is, is the Svasa Medina a problem? And that Ramesha now, the next sentence, is going to address. Most people in the host country, even talking and learning, he's most of them, and he's not talking about within an event Yiddish yet. Yiddish been around for a long time. He's talking about even when Yiddish now. There was a time when Yiddish was so entrenched that if you walked into Volot, they were speaking Yiddish. That's clear. But there were, there were times where they could have used Arabic, they could have used something else, and they spoke to Svasa Medina. And he, he says, he spells it out. He says, if you have to explain to a colleague or to a Talmud, they, they use French. Rashi, a lot of times, will tell you, Balaz, this is old French. They had no issue with that, even if they weren't speaking at all the time, but they certainly used it. They spoke Arabic at the beginning. Uh, Spain, as you know, was always a struggle between the conquest of the Muslims and the Christians. Uh, there were many great works from the Shem written in Arabic, including the Rambam's works. 
why do you write in Arabic? He says, well, that's what people spoke, and that's what they understood. And the Ramam had no issue with it. And he clearly wrote, he wrote the Yadachal's we'll explain in a minute, in Lashon HaKadosh, because often he was quoting direct phrases from Mishnayis. So he wanted to quote it as it was quoted. The riff will sometimes take a very difficult sugya and, and translate it and explain it in Arabic. It's obvious he was a guide to the perplexed. He was trying to reach the people who were, who were confused. They were speaking the native tongue. Rock safer piske Allah Shakarya Khazaka Khibalash and Khajmishum Shalabatlashana Safer Shall Hukas Allah Sukas Milosh and Hamishna. Avochachme Tsarfas Af Shalomdu Valimdatamidim Bisfas Tsarfas is even though they spoke French, Lamatsin Shibuchimrian Bixar Al Bash and Gamar. All the French Rishan, they wrote it in Russian of Gamar. They did not write in the native tongue. Uh, in general, there was uh, less exposure to society at large in Europe. The Shinam in Europe, the Ashkenazim versus the Sfardim. So uh, it, that's a different, that's a very much wider subject, but uh, that's not surprising. What? Rashi, I mean, Rashi translated a few words into French, but, but all the works. Yeah, I'm saying none of the French Rishayim and the German wrote wrote in the Probably vernacular. In the later days, like, that was way later, and they were dealing with something, and even right. that was a big, big, big machlekes. Uh, whether we should give in at all. That was part of the Shaila, how to deal with the Haskala. It's interesting, all those major battles fought not that long ago. Uh, there's still, there was still a battle in America, but we now are pretty used to Art Scroll and like translating it to a pretty sophisticated English. It wasn't without Hisnagdus because of this issue and other issues, but again, Rob David is one of my scheme. He, he worked me a base in this Shuva. It can't be usser. That's, that's clearly where Amish is coming from. But they spoke Ashkenaz. Now, now we get to the history over here. Ashkenaz is German. Yiddish is mostly German. Amish is get to that now. It says they started off speaking German. They had a dialect which they kept and clung to because it became uniquely Jewish. And therefore, when they peppered it with Aramaic and and, and Russian Kurdish words, and then went to Russia and other countries, and they now, the Jews traveled a lot, by force or by choice, and they started taking the language with them. It became Yiddish, as in Jewish. Should I have an older guy come over to you, a young man, do you speak Jewish? Yeah, first time somebody asked me that, I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, you mean Yiddish? That, that's what, it became the language of the Jews. It was German, be aside. It's still German, be aside. Um, do you speak German? A little bit? Abyssal? Uh, not really. What? You? What kind of uh, yuckies are you? What? You're here too long. Okay. I, uh, when I grew up and I heard my grandparents speaking, they, they spoke their, they grew up in Austria. They originally Polish, but, but they grew up in Austria. They spoke German and Yiddish fluently, as well as English. Uh, so you try to pick up whenever they start switching to a different language, they're saying something they don't want you to hear, obviously. Um, so I didn't pick up too much of that. But I remember when uh, my grandmother, did I mention the story here in this year? My grandmother, I, I was a little boy, and I, my, my earliest memory, there was a trip we were supposed to go on, probably some Chalmai trip we argued on for like you know, 20 hours, and I lost. And I was disappointed we didn't go, so she came into the room. She was around, and we lived two blocks away, and she said, let me teach you something. You'll have it for life. It's good for you. Der Mensch und Gott lacht. So I memorized it. Good. That's great uh, for Vitachan and Amuna. That's Gavaldic. Is it Yiddish or German? 
it's, I'll get call-ins tonight, but uh, it's, I asked a few people who thought, think about it, they're not sure they think it might be German. I can go and ask her. Uh, she's still a couple hours away. But it's, it's close enough that you ask somebody, and people who speak, I came back and asked me a shot recently, it was just in Germany, just on a business trip. I said, how do you get by? He said, I speak Yiddish. <laughs> I said, really? That works? He said, they look at me a little strange, but look at me strange anyway. You know, he's like, I, I, could, I could figure out all the signs and all the words, and they could figure out what I'm saying, and it's uh, basic, which Ramesha says, that's the basic language, is constant uh, German. It became Jewish because they kept moving around and picking up a little bit, a little bit over here, a little bit over there. It's the only people who ever did that who were international were Jews, so it became Yiddish. And they dafka picked dialects, which were more would separate them, but it started off as German. That's going to be Ramesha's point, uh, let's read one more sentence and then we'll continue tomorrow night's fast. Ashkenazotsa This is fascinating. Ramesha holds, I can imagine this might be uh, somewhat uh, disputed by somebody, just the history, maybe not. Ramesha holds that Ashkenaz was to become the Jewish language of international fame because Yaftel Akimli Ephes. Interesting. The, the, the Gemara says that refers to their beautiful language. I thought that was Greek. Ramesha holds it's either also German. I don't know why it'd be only German. They kept carrying it around wherever they went, in Russia, Latvia, Poland, Ruslan. And they picked up a little Russian, a little Polish, a little this, a little that, and it became this Jewish language over time. So it's not pure German anymore at all. Uh, Basel, they have different pronunciations, different dialects. Safazuhi Gam Eitzel, top line. Hayudim Bungarin, then the Hungarian Yiddish. Chaim Medina Sekatanas be Europe. Af Medina Sekadelis for Safaz for England. They started bringing it to Western Europe. Lamaisa is going to go on to say, we're out of time, that uh, this became the situation where they started picking names and they called the Yiddish names, but the names are picked up by the various sub languages that were in Yiddish. Which is the Sprints uh, and all the other names he went through after the Shield last night. So Mitzvah Shem will pick this up tomorrow night.